All right, good evening. Episode 22, no theme required. It's been a while. Um, for reasons other than just that, we decided to take a little bit of a break. It was a long season. I know we didn't give our post-Super Bowl interviews like we thought we were going to do, but you know what? It was a good break. Um, a lot's happened since then. Shit. So much. Lots to go over. <laughs> um, I think we're going to bore you guys if we go into our Super Bowl reactions, but all I'm going to say is that the aftermath of the Super Bowl was probably where the most entertainment was with regards to Juju Smith and A.J. Brown. They had some pretty funny Twitter and Instagram slash TikTok beef. They certainly did. Certainly did. Going back and forth with each each other. Who was the more dominant receiver in that social media fight? Well, the funny thing is that A.J. Brown made it seem like Juju Smith wasn't a good receiver. And I, I would go out on a limb and say that he's basically a wide receiver too on any team in the, in the NFL right now. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you could basically plug him into any team, and he'd probably be successful. Mm -hmm. Now, personality-wise, and, like, is he cancerous is the wrong word, but is he, is he someone that you don't want in the locker room? I'm not sure, but <laughs> props to him for doing some proper trolling. That's, that's some grade-A internet right there. Sure is. Sure is. So it's now March 3rd, and with that being said, we are in the beginning of – one of the most infamous months of sports in the calendar year um, with regards to March Madness. So this is championship week. Um, I believe Selection Sunday is March 12th, so we are coming up on one of the hottest days of the sports ca calendar year when um, all 68 teams know whether or not they will be in. I'm sorry, those 68 teams will certainly be in, but of course other teams will be vying for a chance to also play in the ultimate bracket. Can you believe that it's 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 almost time for the madness of March? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I definitely can. It's been a long year. It definitely has. It's been a long year of sports. Mm -hmm. It's been a football season. Yes. Don't really know too much about what, how, who's on the bubble, who's a lock, who's not, who's in, who's out, last four, first four, first mm -hmm. round upsets. The only thing I know a little bit about this year is the CAA, and, and I know that call to Charleston's going to be pretty good teams to beat this year. Uh -huh. So if you want a sleeper team to pick, I'm going to pick them to go to the Sweet 16 guaranteed. Okay. That's not a guarantee, but I'm guaranteed to make that pick. That's a fun pick. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay, right on. Because Charleston Costin's doing really well. Well, there you go, dude. Sign them up. I think um, I was a big fan of, of Kansas. Always have been. I mean, Bill Why? Self is a fantastic coach. Um, and sure, I'm a, a bit of a bandwagoner fan, but um, Rock House, or sorry, their uh, their 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 stadium name, what is it? Um, for who? For Kansas. Um, oh, um, something Allen Fieldhouse. Yes, it's the Fieldhouse. Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was right. Yes, yes, you were. Yes, you were. But that's Rock, that's a fuck. Sock, car, cock. It's <laughs> a good chance. Well said. Well that, said. I, I could not have done it any better myself. As University of Colorado Boulder alumni, that's a classic. Right. The chant. Right. That's perfect. That's perfect. So that they are straight up. Fuck you, Kansas. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. <laughs> fuck you, Kansas. Dude, let's let's look up who the top five are. I know Kansas right now is number three. Um, college basketball rankings. 
heading into championship weekend here. So we have Houston at, at number one, Alabama number two, Alabama number two. That's that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Of, of course, I haven't watched much college hoops to speak of this entire any. season, but to think that Alabama is number two in the nation. They're, they're 26 and four. That's that's impressive. So Kansas at three, UCLA at four, and Purdue at five. Um, I mean, there, there are some uh, blue bloods on this list along with more novel names like Alabama, who most people would think is a college football powerhouse, not necessarily the same for basketball. But this is fun. Is that okay? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then we have Pitt rounding up the, t- the top 25. Um, wow. Okay. Right on. Right on. So, um, um, will you be watching the games on, on opening weekend? Oh, I, I always check them out. Yeah. Only from a betting standpoint, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so for March Madness, do you make parlays? Of or, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. okay. Always. Okay. Always, man. Sometimes five-teamers, three-teamers, two-teamers. That's right. Every now and again, you has got to sprinkle in a little bit of hope mm-hmm. and prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the best times to bet. It's one of the biggest betting times <laughs> of the year. So would you be so bold as to... Bet a 16-game parlay on either that opening Thursday or Friday, because those those two days have 16 games each. There, I could do like a like a one-dollar bet on one of those. <laughs> I can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Say less. <laughs> say less. 16 games. Oh, fuck. opening weekend is is always a holiday. I mean, yeah. a sporting holiday. I know. Um, when I, a, a few jobs ago, maybe two jobs ago, um, I took off opening weekend and I just sat at a bar with some friends, watched the entire um, Thursday slate and the entire Friday slate. Absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness. So that much fun. a good time. So much fun. My, my, my claim to fame in regards to March Madness in 2011 when Kentucky won it all, my bracket on ESPN was in the top 3% in the nation. I think I missed maybe eight or nine games overall. And... Um, but I did pick, of, of course, the Wildcats to win it that year. They had Anthony Davis. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns was right after. Yeah. But um, powerhouse. Man, you want to talk about March Madness. Uh, it's coming up as well as the three-year anniversary of COVID. <laughs> That's kind of what March Madness right. reminds me of. Right. Because, oh, oh, my goodness. It, 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 COVID really hit home. When I saw that March Madness had been canceled, I thought, oh, my God. This is unlike anything we've ever seen. Yeah. It was it, it it hit home when they literally rolled out the first half of the Big East Conference in the first game. They played the first half, and they're like, "Now nah, we're gonna cancel it." Yeah, absolutely wild. Because all the rest of the leagues are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the NBA that that same year played their entire season in a bubble. Yeah, the bubble year, <laughs> LeBron James's bubble year. The bubble in at Disney World, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's probably at Epcot. Right. I mean, they have the infrastructure to house feed, transport, as well mm-hmm. as just put on the entire show. Right. Like they have billions upon billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it was at Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a bad place to stay if you actually like your family. Not a bad shit, place. Right. If you're right. just playing in the basketball ball for the love of the game. <laughs> Gotta play for the love of the game. Uh, absolutely wild. Absolutely Crazy times. Wild. Yes. Crazy times. Yes. Yeah, so it also reminds me of the NFL draft. We, mm-hmm. um, ooh, excuse me. We had the pro days. Uh, Three years ago, almost to the date. Yep, Tra- training my buddy for his pro day. Um, yeah, yeah. And then co- fucking COVID, man. 
So who was the player that you trained, or was it multiple? Uh, uh, it was my, my my friend Sean, who's, who's still playing rugby right now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, he went undrafted and then unsigned. Right. So he flipped over to the that rugby zone. Is he playing um, in the U.S. or? Yeah, he plays for the American Raptors, which is like one of the like an independent team, I guess. Okay. They used to be part of the MLS, but then they left the MLS. Not MLS, MLR, Major League Rugby. Gotcha. Sure. MLR. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, he's still playing overseas right now. They're in South America. Oh, very cool. Just doing their thing. On a big tour. Okay. Yeah, big tour. Right on. They haven't been too successful. No. No. <laughs> no. They lost a couple games. So I'm I'm interested. What's his annual salary as a professional rugby player? I don't know, but he gets his housing paid for. Oh, he does? Nice. Yeah. And he gets like a monthly per diem, too, for food. Okay. I think it's, I mean, it's not a bad salary. Sure, sure. Yeah, especially if you're getting all your housing paid for and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so professional rugby player very nice very yeah, nice living that professional lifestyle yes dude minus all the money with all the perks minus Except all the money okay so all that money if we're looking at march madness i, I did see a fun fact yes. about gonzaga a local team around here yes and um it took me a lot to not start like trolling people on twitter but um it was like gonzaga it was like 13 seasons in a row now of winning 25 plus games and i just want to be like and zero national championships <laughs> All that work for nothing. They need to join the Big 12. <laughs> they need to join a better conference. Big 12 they, they really or Pac 12, I meant. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. to get into a better conference. Yes. Yes. Because Gonzaga will probably be, what, two seed? Yeah. This year? Probably. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, Were they ranked uh, in the top 25? Sorry. Gonzaga is 10th. Okay, yeah. So they're they're at a, 26 and 5. They'll be a two or a three seed. Yeah, they, for If sure. they win their tournament, they might bump up for to sure. a two seed. Yeah, they've they've won seven games in a row. No, and I'm just bad. completely speculating right now. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> All right. All right. Here here you go. Your odds of trying to fill out a perfect bracket are not good. Oh, yeah. It's like a trillion. No, it is one in 9.2 quintillion. Oh. It's, it's hard to even conceptualize that number. Yeah, I can't even fathom it. <laughs> Like you have better odds to be struck by lightning or to Twice. to be elected president or to win the lottery. I mean, it's just Twice. not not in in your favor. No, no. Yes. Well, you just said pick one day. I mean, sixteen picks is easier than you know. Yes. What sixty eight teams now? So sixty eight. How many games are there? Like over sixty seven games. And that does include the first four playing games. 67. 67 games. Okay. Just one fewer game than there are teams in, in the tournament. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. <laughs> or um, the first four games, there's... Shoot. So that would be 72 teams then. Let's no, see. No, it's 68. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it used to be 64, and then they expanded to four teams. Right, right. So, so there's just two first four games. Yeah. That, that that's right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Okay. So it's for like a random seed. It's like, oh, you're playing for a nine seed, and this, these two, you're gonna play for like a fifteen seed. Yeah, it's it's always just a seed that's gonna it's get walloped by random, a one though. seed. Like, I, don't, I don't understand how they pick or even how, how they they go about like placing them in specific regions. Sometimes this makes no damn sense. Like I, I'm reading this article on ESPN right now. It says the call to Charleston at 28 and three is a bubble team. A bubble team. They're playing in one of the worst basketball conferences, which is the CAA. 
And he's right. They're not that good. I wow. think the second best team in the CAA, at least on the men's side, couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you. Yes. Hofstra, yes. maybe. So the first four teams are the lowest automatic bids and the lowest ranked at-large teams. That's that's how they, they kind of classify it. So there's, there's an, an article on Sports Illustrated explaining the often misunderstood for first four and how it all works. First four, like first four in? Uh, first first four games. Um, so so the first rendition of the play-in games actually started back in two, 2001. Oh, so it's by like, what is it? Uh, it's not RPI, but, but like, it's not a strength of schedule either. The specific basketball power ranking score. Correct. There's a specific website you can actually Some check Some power out. index. Yes. yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, so uh, back in 2001, when they first had those play-in games, it was just one game between the two lowest-rated 16 seeds. Which makes sense to me. Sure. Theoretically. Sure. But then you're like, yeah, I kind of have to weight them, though. Yes. Based upon the conference, if they won their conference to get into that 16 seed. Right. Which, again, like, I think, and maybe this is going over the top, but if you win the regular season championship, you should like you should get in. You should have an automatic bid. You should definitely get in. Yeah, like no matter the conference. Yeah, it sucks for the team that literally goes you know thirty and two, but then they blow it in the finals because they lose one game. So thirty and three, and there's no guarantee. Yes. Yeah, it's stupid. Yes, because you you play in a small conference that's yeah. that's not respected. It's not part of the Power Five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd rather let let in like nineteen and eighteen. Syracuse or something like that, or mm-hmm. thirteen win Duke gets right. in. Right, exactly. So, oh, because they're in the ACC. Yeah. The Power Conference. We need fifteen teams from the same conference coming in. Speaking of which, Duke right now um, is fifth in the ACC with their conference. So, um, are they on the bubble? I would certainly predict that they would be in uh, the the conference no matter I'm sorry in the tournament no, no matter what what happens uh, with this conference championship here for the ACC I mean Duke is a is a blue blood I don't see how they could not literally get in. yeah right literally yeah the the Dukes they're locks well wild dude wild okay here's an, an, another fun fact for you 2008 has been the only year in the history of March Madness in which all four number one seeds made it to the Final Four. That's fun, dude. What year was it? 2008? 2008. That was uh, Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, and Memphis. Who won it that year? Uh, Memphis did, I believe, with Derrick Rose. Let's see. Let's see. 2008 March Madness champion. Kansas. Damn it, I was wrong. Okay, right. Was right, that right. Mario Chalmers, Kansas? Yes, that's right. So, so Kansas beat Memphis in the title game. That's right. Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. He should be knowing your basketball in the first place. <laughs> and that game went to overtime. That's right. That's right, dude. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. There's okay. another big man on that Kansas team. That Kansas team. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. Chalmers, some other guy. Cole Aldrich was the was the big man on that team. Who else was on that roster? Uh, There's another NBA guy, right? Let's see. For big men, no, Cole? just in general. Oh, sorry. Um, 
So we got Mario. Brandon Rush was probably the only other guy who went pro. Yeah. What's the five? Is the state of starting five? Yeah. Um, starting five, actually, let's see. It lists the roster. Um, doesn't list the starting five, though. So Chalmers was the only big name? Yes. What correct. were stats that year? Mario Chalmers that, that year? Let's see. Mario Chalmers? Mario. He's got a couple of rings. Damn, he was born in Alaska, dude. That's wild. Maybe his parents were in the military. Yeah. Was he born in Fairbanks? Anchorage. Okay. Yep. All right, so that 08 year averaged 12.8 points a game, three rebounds, four assists, nothing earth-shattering. That's really not that great. No, no. But he was he, he was clutch when it mattered the most, dude. And he was drafted, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Averaging 12 points a game? He was, dude. Was he just like a defensive specialist? <laughs> um, He did average two and a half steals a game. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is. That is. And Derrick Rose did lead the the Memphis team. Well, he was number one overall. That's right. That's right. D. Rose, dude. How his career has changed ever since his um, his surgeries. Torn torn knees. Damn, dude. Yeah, his knees. Yes. I blame AAU. (laughs) Yes. I do. All that exposure, all those reps. It's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. I mean, repetitive injuries, I think that's the biggest overuse thing there is. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. Play a different sport, different movement patterns. Everyone's like, well, you're still running. Yeah, but you're running in different ways. You're loading your knees, your joints, in, in, in not nearly the same movement pattern, especially just hitting the ground so fucking much and jumping up and down. Right. Shit, right. It adds up. That's why I don't jump basketball players in season. There's no need to. No, dude. They jump all the fucking time. Very fucking Jumping true. is their goddamn game. Very true. What you looking up now? Oh. All right. Shout out here to Antoine Davis. Um, he played at De- Detroit Mercy this season. Just fell short of the NC2A scoring record. He almost beat Pete. All Mid- time or Mirovich. All time, correct, correct. Um, at Detroit Mercy. Yeah, De- Detroit <laughs> Mercy. Uh, absolutely wild. So he entering this entering that game, he had to score twenty six points to pass. The legendary LSU star Pete Maravich, and he scored 22 points. He was four four points shy of setting the all-time four. record. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that does. <coughs> Pass the man the ball. <laughs> yes, get it to him. Like, just how how Kobe played his, his last game ever I for the had, Lakers. They the last, kept on passing it to him. The show of stats for the last regular season game. You should look that up real quick, because he didn't have, like, 50 shots. Yeah, his teammates are assholes. Uh, he he finished seven of twenty six from the field. Only like twenty six and four uh, of sixteen I guess he did from to three. himself. Yeah, he shot in fucking twenty five percent. Yeah, he's probably just jacking up. And again, I would have given him fifty attempts. Like, right here you go. Here's the ball. Here's the ball again. Here's the ball again. Right. Pass it back. Oh, right back to you. It's like that scene from uh, Topic Thunder when 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 Will, uh, Will Ferrell has got, got him in the post. And he's like, they passed it in, kicks it out. Pass it in, kicks it out. That's Pass right. it in, kicks it out. Pass Se- it in. Yes. Oh, I, I think the, uh, the movie name Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro. Oh, yes. yeah. He's the Tropics. That's right. That's, That's the right. team. That's, That's the right. team. Let's keep Thank passing you. it back and forth. Oh, my God, dude. So, um, Antoine Davis will likely, will definitely not be in March Madness. His, his team finished 14 and 19. Um, there's there's hope, according to the, to this article, that they might make the post 
season tournament, um, the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational. Uh, yeah, let them play. Which is comparable to the NIT kind yeah, of. Yeah, but the, it's like worst teams. Correct. Like, yeah, your team's number 84 to 102. Right, right. Like it's the third tier yeah. of postseason. You guys are fighting for the bronze medal right now. Right, like, That's right, the exactly. best you can win. Exactly. But exactly. it's called basketball invitational. <laughs> it's like the NIT stands for not in tournament. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, the NIT has been around for a long time, so um, I, I understand that one for like tradition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it can just be a lot. Yes. You just want to hit that, babe? Hit it. We have a cameo. You have a cameo. Hello, Jordan. Hi, boys. So, Jordan. What do you think about March Madness? Like basketball? Yeah. Oh, I'm not very interested, but thank yeah. you for asking. I, us neither. Like, we are actually talking about how we're speculating on things that we know nothing about right now. Um, basketball <laughs> is one of my least favorite sports, except for like the last four minutes of the game. Okay. Because that's, I don't know. The I last four feel... minutes that take 40 minutes? Yeah, but at least like <laughs> yeah, stuff all is those I don't know. Personal foul. <laughs> There's a lot of just I don't know, like tactical foul, free throws. Time a lot out. of drama in basketball, yeah. and I'd rather go to the theater for that. Well said. Well said, babe. Look at that. Yeah. That was podcast gold. Thank you, Jordan. That was absolutely oh, beautiful. Wonderful. Yes. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for this. You're welcome. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Second guest on the show. That's right. Excellent job. Excellent job. All right. Yes. Let's transition a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something that you and I both know a little bit more about. The mm-hmm. MLB. Yes. There's been a lot of rules changes. Indeed there have. I think the, the one that stands out the most, because it's literally standing out, is the pitch clock. Right. So 15 seconds, no one on base. 20 seconds, man on base. Mm-hmm. If it's a 15-second clock, the batter has to be set with a minimum of eight seconds left. And I think it's eight as well, even with the runner on base. I don't think that time changes. Correct. Yeah, it's eight no matter That's what. well said. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. So um, this, this pitch clock timer has reduced the average time of, of the minor league games because that's, that's what they first experimented with by an average of 26 minutes. Yeah. That's There's going to be games that are going to be under two hours mm-hmm. if this is actually enforced Correct. throughout Correct. the regular season. Also, this, this rule includes the limits on throws to first base. Does it? Um, yes. So pitchers are, um, can, can only have two disengagements, either a pickoff or a step-off attempt. Okay. Per plate appearance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the cap on that. Mm-hmm. I would have capped it at three. You know, like, dude, if you got to get it a third time, like, you got to get out of the plate. Right. right. Three strikes, right? You get three strikes. Now, here's here's one. So, if the pitcher forgets that he's he's already made two disengagements, that's that's what we'll call him. If there's a third pickoff attempt, the runner automatically advances one base. If the so, it's basically a buck. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. Right. That exactly. makes sense, then. Exactly. And yeah. just to clarify here... The timeouts and the mound visits do not count, obviously, as so a, they're still allowed six a game. Correct, right. which hasn't been really an issue yet. No, no, I don't think so. So that'll be interesting here. Um, and then to kind of go off of this rule, what they have experimented as well um, is robot umpires in the minor leagues. There is no 
ruling that that will come to to fruition in the majors mm -hmm. as of yet. Mm -hmm. So, with <clears throat> let's let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. I, I just want to focus on the pitch clock first. Yeah, yeah. So I think I like the idea of the pitch clock, but I think it just needs to be a little bit longer. Like not double the time. <clears throat> excuse me, but I think if you give him twenty seconds with out runners on and then maybe 25 seconds with runners on or even give them three extra seconds but what i'm saying is that it should be 20 seconds at least the whole time like 15 seconds is fucking fast like seven seconds between pitches you're getting the ball you're looking at the plate getting the signal and you're going right away mm -hmm. which i love the urgency and we saw a couple times already in spring in, in the uh, in spring training like wandy peralta for the yankees had a strikeout in literally under 30 seconds like, it was incredible. He threw three straight strikes, strike him out under 30 seconds, which means that Dear God. technically, like, you could have a whole bottom half of an inning done within five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, literally five minutes. Just and then, by. boom, commercial break, next top half of the inning. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. if this rule is enforced currently at the 15-second mark, it's, it's, it's going to create a lot of chaos because... You're already seeing right now the batters are basically staying in the box and the pitchers are getting the ball and throwing it right back home. Right. Which I'm a big fan of. Like, especially during a regular season game in the dog days of summer. And you're just like, oh, it's the middle of August. Or sorry, it's the middle of July. Right. We got 75 games to go. And you're like, okay, this game is really dragging on. Like, I understand not wanting the four-hour marathons, but there have been some classic games that they have all the intensity just because of, of the rivalry, right? And and the stare downs that happen between the pitchers and the batters. It's something that just makes baseball special. And, and, Very true. And, and for those that really want to be dialed in on every single pitch and, and keeping their official scorebooks and whatnot, it, it kind of takes the grace of that away mm -hmm. from uh, the art that it is scoring baseball. Very true. I mean, what do you think about it, man? Well said, dude. Well said. I remember... Um, when I was an intern covering the Tacoma Rainiers, uh, the AAA team for the Mariners, it was always a, pr a privilege to fill out a scorecard during every home game. And I mean, it was it was kind of an art in and of itself. You know, you really got to track the action as it goes along. You're not pressed for time. Um, it's, it's 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 obviously played at a very casual pace, but it's also um, so unique in that fashion you know it, it reminds me a bit of of golf i mean you can uh you can really just savor every moment without mm -hmm. kind of being rushed by mm -hmm. and i feel like this it's being done for the casual fan yes not, not the, your baseball traditionalist correct you know and as someone that's played baseball you know growing up like when we played our games, you know, we were done under two hours because you had to be. Mm -hmm. And and now you're going to be done under two hours just because of, of the rush and essentially the time limit on the game. Right. It's also going to affect general viewership and attendance within the games, too. Because I would say for the first inning or third, or sorry, inning or two, you know, the stadium usually isn't full yet for just like a run-of-the-mill regular season game. It's kind of by the bottom of the third inning is when that stadium is like basically filling up. You know, there's a couple of exceptions, of course. Like, some fans really, really love their teams and fill it out every single time. Mm -hmm. um, but now, if, if you're, like, 30 minutes late to a game, you might miss four innings. Right. You know? Right. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to miss an inning, inning and a half maybe, but I'll be there by the bottom of the second if I show up half an hour late. No, man. You're half an hour late? Bro, it's top of the fourth. 
Like, <laughs> and you probably missed five runs in the game. Uh, well, well, maybe not. Like maybe, maybe not. You, true. You, you, true. You just you miss eight eight straight strikeouts. You know, mm-hmm. just, to, just to get you there faster. True. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. On time. I'm sorry. Early is on time. On time is late, and late yep. is unacceptable. Thank you, Vince Lombardi. Amen to that, Vince. <laughs> Amen to that. So another rule change here: the defensive shift limitations. Um, so the defensive team now must have a minimum of four players on the infield, of course, uh, with at least two infielders completely on other side of second base. Uh, so these restrictions obviously will will try to increase the the batting average. Um, so kind of. Uh, Trying to limit the overall space that that the infielders take up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think of this? I mean, uh, now we'll we'll kind of see the more athletic side. Obviously, there are some gold glove gold glove caliber defenders, but they'll really be forced into big time stretches during with this new new rule change. Yeah, you, you know, I almost think it's a little bit hypocritical if you're going to make make a pitch clock based upon the pace of the game, but you're not allowed to do a shift. You know, I think you should be able to put your players wherever the hell you want to. It's just tradition has it that you have three outfielders and then five infielders with the pitcher. Right. Right. That's just the, the tradition. So it's uh, – I, I understand if the goal is to raise batting average because if you look at the trends in the past few years, strikeouts are way up. Batting average is almost 20 points down in the past decade. And I actually know this because I, was, I saw it on Twitter from a couple years ago. Right from, on, okay. From um, MOB stats. But okay. yeah, strikeouts way up, batting average way down. So if you do want to get the batting average up, more runners on base, more runs scored, more excitement, more action, right? But I think if you're an MLB hitter, you should be able to learn how to hit against a shift. I know it's easier said than done, but fucking bunt. Okay, make them not want to go into the shift against you. And there are ways to beat it. There are definitely ways to beat the shift. You know, if you're a pull hitter, again, easier said than done, but just try hitting it the opposite way because that mm-hmm. side's wide the fuck open. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't care if they stuffed everyone in the infield trying to, to turn like a double or triple play because they have to and have one outfielder out there. Right? That doesn't matter to me at all. If, if you're a manager, put your field, field players out there how you wish, you know, and the, it's up to the batter to make adjustments as well as the offensive team. Mm-hmm. So the shift sucks in a way because you're right, it does take away base hits from – Line drives to either right center or left center. Right, right. But you know what, man? It's been around for a long time. I don't think it's something that needs to be edited in order to improve the game. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. And then a stat to, to kind of back up what we're talking about here. The league-wide batting average on balls in play of 291 in 2022. Six points lower than 2012. Ten points lower than 2006. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, it literally dropped by like 20% over the past yes. decade. yes. So it sure has crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and strikeouts are way up. But I bet you if there's a strikeout stat there. You would see that too. I mean, right. We're talking like Mark Reynolds strikeout numbers here. You know, I mean, <laughs> he was a strikeout machine. He was yeah. a strikeout king. He certainly was. He either hit a home run or he struck out. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah. true. Let's see. Okay. Quick, quick stats here. Mr. Mark Reynolds. Dude, his batting average at one point. Uh, well, him and Chris Davis. Chris Davis, man, fall from grace. He's still being paid. Yes. We have oh, Mark Reynolds major hit like 30 home runs with bat like 202. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's his career batting average? Career batting average is 236. Yeah, it's higher than I thought. Yeah. Um, okay, so he hit a total of ooh, 
He struck out almost 2,000 times. A lot. Yeah, he struck out a lot. And he hit 298 home runs. Yep. Wow. Yeah, power. Wow. So that would be, let's see, for every seven strikeouts, give or take, he would hit one. How many at-bats did he have career? Like Um, 5,000? Let's see. At-bats, he had... Uh, just over 5,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so he struck out over 50% of the time. Yes, he did. Yeah, it's a lot yes, of strikeouts. It's a lot of strikeouts. Pitcher's dream. <laughs> this, guy, this guy will swing at anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sign him up. Dude, but the man was able to last 13 years in the in the big leagues. That's yeah, he amazing. played for the Cardinals. That's uh, right. That's right. He was... Uh, what is this? Um, so he was... He was ranked in the MVP voting back in 2009. Yeah, that was like his best year. Yeah, yeah. That, he had like that was the 40 year. jacks that year. Albert Pujols won it all. Um, so that was the year Mark Reynolds, let's see. He had 44 home runs, yeah. 150 hits. Um, let's see, ribbies, 102. What was his batting average? Batting average that 270? year. It's the best uh, year probably. Two sixty. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, that was probably his best year. Uh huh. Yeah, no, batting no average wise, no doubt. Still Dude. not great. Like good. Yes. Good MLB batting average, but definitely not like okay, you're a stud no. hitter. You know. No, exactly, dude. Exactly, but, um, dude. The nostalgia just rings true here. The year Albert Pujols won the MVP, two was Henley Ramirez, three Ryan Howard, four Prince Fielder. Henley Ramirez playing for the oh, Marlins. My goodness, that's right, dude. Prince Fielder Brewers. And Prince with that uppercut of a swing on the ho- on the dingers. He's just, he's just a body. Yeah, dude. A body moving a the bat around. But, but big, uh, speaking big of striking out a lot, did you see the opposite approach with the guy that said he's not going to swing? Oh. And and yeah, and he's walked. Like four, like five out of nine at bats, or four out of eight at bats. No way. Yeah, yeah. He's like, nope. I'm just gonna eye pitches. Like, like he hasn't swung the bat. Also, also, like, look it up. Look okay. You're like guy who hasn't swung bat all spring training. I think he plays for the Dodgers. It's, it's it's an interesting take. He says he's just like, forgot the verbiage he used. Not taking pitches, but clocking pitches. No. Miguel Vargas. Yeah. Hasn't swung in a pitch all spring. And everyone knows he isn't going to swing. Yeah. Um, he has four walks and eight trips to the plate. Yeah, so he's 50% on base percentage. Wow. That's how interesting is that? For not swinging the bat at all. It's like, dude, yeah. all you got to do is throw three strikes. I promise you I'm not swinging. Like, you can lob it in there. I'm not swinging. Wow. I'm like, let's test this theory. I'm just going to throw BP, toss it right over the plate. <laughs> so it's pretty already... Funny. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. He's like, and the 3 1. Yep. Outside, yep. ball four. <laughs> so, more than 1,100 batters have gotten plate appearances uh, this spring training. Only three of those batters have more walks than Miguel Vargas. Good for him. That is that is pretty decent. Could you imagine just putting that in your lineup? I got this guy, wow. he's not going to swing. And you're you're absolutely right. He, he plays with the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. Um, is he an MLB vet? What's his background? I honestly don't know. Miguel Vargas. Okay. I think he said, again, he's like trying just like, not clock pitches, but I can't remember the freaking... How interesting is that, dude? Terminology he's using. He's a good body out there. He's 6'3", 205. Man's big. Cuba. That's his hometown. Um, okay, yeah, he's he's played with the Dodgers since last year. Ha, um, his MLB statistics... Last season, batted 170, 
hit one home run, eight ribbies. I see why he's not swinging. <laughs> he's just hoping, hoping to to get on base. He just close his eyes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, you hit me on getting on base, though. Right, right. I love those stats. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, bigger bases is also a, a, a rule change. Um, going from 15 inches to 18 inches. Home plate re- re- remains unchanged. Yep, um, 17 and a half. Or 17. Hello, Bandit. You, you making a cameo on the show, bud? Hey, yo. <laughs> so do you think this, this will have an impact on stolen base? Success rate? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's going to help him out. Yeah. I mean, you do how inches. much impact it's going to have, but... Right, right. You know, football is the game of inches, but this definitely matters mm-hmm. as far as being mm-hmm. able to touch, touch the bag before getting tagged. Right, very true. Very true. You know? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so those, those are the big changes awaiting us for the 2023 season which kicks off when is opening day for the MLB here oh like March 28th or something like that March 30th opening day yeah hot damn that Thursday All right. Um, are you going to follow the MLB more this year than last year oh of course yeah nice nice like I said I didn't I I checked in for like a quarter of the game yeah 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 I didn't watch all of them. Yeah. It's hard to watch all of them. It is. It is. Very fuck. hard. Um, You're an avid fan. Fuck, if you catch half, like, right. it's 81 games. Right. Here's a question for you. Would you be interested in some fantasy baseball? Potentially. Okay. Okay. Potentially. Because I used to run a league when I worked at ESPN for four four years. Uh-huh. It, was, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. My, no, I do like fantasy. Yeah. That's how my fantasy career started, fantasy baseball. That's right. Me and my friends. Good old Kyle Malloy. We we did it at his mo- at his at his parents' house. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was the first first ever fantasy baseball draft. <laughs> what what year was that? <sighs> Fuck. Two thousand three. Nice. Two thousand four, maybe. Back in the day. Yeah, like Roger Clemens was a big pick. <laughs> yeah, Pedro Martinez. Yes. Okay. Oh three and oh four. So the main Alex internet Rodriguez. provider. Did you draft via AOL? Yahoo. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yahoo was the original. Right on. Right on. Tory Hunter. Yes. Tory. Andy Hunter. Johnson. Okay. All these boys. The big boys. The yeah. big boys. Yeah. Throwbacks, right. man. Since we're on the topic right now of baseball, World Baseball Classic is coming up, or it's yeah, starting on the eighth. Okay. okay. Starting on the eighth. On the so U- USA has got the top team right now and in fact uh, i was looking on espn at the at the potential roster for it um well i, I think it yeah 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 at, at their roster they they got some good names up here so yeah mookie betts pete alonzo nolan arenando paul goldschmidt all right jeff mcneil jt Realmuto. he's probably gonna be starting i mean you yeah. got guys that can just mash with mike trout kyle schwarber yep i mean Top to bottom, that lineup's going to be fucking nasty. It is, dude. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> I mean, oh I'd my god, Mookie batting leadoff probably. And then, I mean, I don't even know who's going to bat second. You could bat anyone on this team second. Probably Nolan second. I'd probably put fucking Goldschmidt or McNeil. Probably Paul Goldschmidt at third. I'd have Alonzo back cleanup. And then Schwarber batting fifth. And then it's like, where do you put Trout? 
you know, I guess you could bat Trout second. Go boot, go boots, Betts, Trot, Alonzo. No, Betts, Trot, Arenado, Alonzo, Goldschmidt, Schwarber. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. So, interestingly enough, USA right now is ranked third um, in the world baseball rankings. Japan is first. And who is TPE? Uh, TPE is ranked number two. It's what, not Taiwan, is what it? What nation would that be? That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Chinese. Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Wow. I did not I did not expect that. Chinese Taipei? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I thought the, the Dominican team is pretty stacked. They should uh, be up there too. Yeah, the Dominican team is ranked ninth. Cuba's up there at eighth. Um Korea at, at fourth. Oh, this team has to be very tired, man. They're stacked. Yeah, they are. They are stacked, dude. Wow, there's 81 teams in the world of, of baseball. Guess who the last ranked team is? In the world? Yeah, in the world. Ranked 81st. I don't know, like Germany or something? Estonia. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know they played baseball in Estonia. I didn't know that either, dude. Check, check the roster. See, there's another hardy one there. <laughs> oh, is that uh, the origin of of your name? Yeah, I'm half Estonian. The country of origin. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to check. All right, Estonia. <laughs> wow, this is funny. Estonia national baseball team. The the first. Result when you type in Estonia roster is their soccer team. <laughs> yep, yep. Not, not their baseball okay. team. Yeah, they really don't even have their roster on there. So yeah, according to ESPN, the they have the teams ranked one the United States, two the Dominican Republic, okay, three Japan, four Venezuela, five Mexico, interesting, six Korea, seven Puerto Rico. I like that with the bit of accent. But, oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, Japan is fucking sacked. So is the Dominican. Right. Right. I mean, all these all these guys are about to come over to the U.S. Yeah. But yeah, the Dominican team with Julio Rodriguez, Wander Franco, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Devers, Jasker Hernandez, Jean Segura, and then Francisco Mella. That's a fucking mm-hmm. good team. Yeah, that is. God, that is. Fucking team, dude. God damn, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be watching. I'm pretty sure that my MLB TV account automatically renewed. So, I mean. Oh, nice. Looks like I got MLB TV again. Yeah, bud, dude. Take advantage of that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not a bad deal. Fun. Okay. Okay. So, the it starts March 8th. Yeah. How long is the tournament? 13 days, about two weeks. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's just pool play, and then they go into like double elimination, basically. Oh, yeah. I think so. It's like best of three series. I forget the exact format. Very fun. But USA has got a real shot of winning. Yeah. They certainly do. I know what the history is of who won when. Let's let's look it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, History. Yeah, how many years has this been going on now? So they've had tournaments in 06, 09, 13, 17, 23. 
So okay. the U.S. won it in 2017. Japan's won it twice. So yeah, round robin play followed by single elimination. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. So it's um, modeled after the FIFA World Cup then. So yeah, Japan won it that, twice. That then the Dominican. And now the United States. Okay, so this will be the fifth edition. The then. reigning champ. Yeah. Puerto Rico's been in it back-to-back years in the championship. Couldn't finish. 20 teams this year, though. Yeah. It's been 16 in the past. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it should be fun. Very cool. Should yeah, be fun. Dude. I'll be watching. I'll be checking in. There you are. There you are. All right, let's transition. Let's get a little NFL talk here because, again, a lot's happened since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly. I think the main storyline at this point is all about quarterbacks, like who's going to sign where. You know, Aaron Rodgers, after his cave-dwelling experience. Um <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Lamar Jackson, no one knows. Uh, has Derek Carr been signed? He's, went, he's going to Indianapolis. Is that true? Um, Let me confirm. Is that where he's going? Or is he not signed yet? I think Derek Carr's a cool. Uh, the sweepstakes continue for Derek Carr. Okay, okay he's not signed. Yeah, he's not signed. he is okay. currently a free agent still. Okay. So, yeah, it's Carr, Rodgers, uh, Lamar looking for the money. So, we can just focus on Lamar Jackson here. Sorry, that's just, just my dog trying to give this controversial opinion on Lamar Jackson. So, so he's voiced his opinion to me. Hey, bud. <laughs> what up, yo? Uh, so, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he basically wants all the guaranteed money. He's looking for that Deshaun Jackson t- type of con- Deshaun Watson type of contract. Yes. Where he wants it all guaranteed. I don't know how you can guarantee a player that massive contract if he has a lingering knee issue in injury that that might need surgery i mean if it's a if it's a pcl tear yeah i think that him being gone when, and with his stellar play this year as well it just proved as to how valuable he absolutely is good point you know is he 500 million dollars guaranteed or i guess Deshaun got like 360 million guaranteed right is he worth that much you know it's, it's hard to say i mean he could be a guy that could go out there and win you back-to-back Super Bowls or, fuck, at least bring it to a Super Bowl first. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been pretty critical on Lamar Jackson on this show where I've said that he hasn't done anything to prove himself worth all that money in contract. But with the way the market is going, you know, if you offered him $275 million guaranteed, I think he'll take that. I think that's a fair price. You know, if you're going to compare him to Deshaun Watson, I think that his contract is going to be an outlier just because it doesn't protect the team at all if the pick doesn't work or if the trade doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Russell Wilson money, how much did he get? Uh, at least know this by heart. Um, I think it was like 175 guaranteed, 190 guaranteed. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Guaranteed money for that waste of a contract with the Broncos. Yeah, well, we'll see well, what's the waste. I mean, he's, yes. he's got Sean Payton, which is another story, but we Dude, can talk about that after. You were spot on. $161 million guaranteed. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I see him getting more than that. So, you give him $275 million guaranteed. So, let's say that breaks up into like a six-year deal or less. Well, okay, let's say it's a five-year deal. So, then that's only five. Only. That's fifty million a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, what do you do with that type of money? That's probably about right, though, right? I mean, 
What was Deshaun? What's Deshaun get per year? He's at like sixty-three or something. Um, let's see. Average annual salary forty-six million. Forty-six million. Yeah, yeah. His his contract with the Browns five years worth two hundred thirty million. Two hundred thirty. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I thought he had like a three hundred million dollar contract. No. No. Fuck. Still right. massive though. But well, I mean, my bad on the two seventy five. Yeah. I'm gonna drop that number down to two twenty five. That's absolutely amazing, dude. You they, give him two hundred twenty five million dollars guaranteed yes. for five years. They yeah. they guaranteed all that money to Deshaun Watson after what he was accused for. It's absolutely yeah, you know, absolutely amazing, dude. It's the, it's the investment of the NFL. It's just the, the machine that just keeps on churning. It's, you know, it's, exactly, dude. It's impossible to stop it. It the owns a day of the week. Value is number one. Yeah, it, it owns a day of the week and. Quarterbacks run the damn league. That's why they got all the rules to protect him. You know, we know this stuff to be true. Yes. We know this stuff yes. to be true. Very true. So yeah, Very true. So Lamar fucking of, Jackson. Yes, Spe- deserves that money. How much money? I don't know. Two twenty-five. That's the number I'm going to go with. Yeah, two twenty-five as a completely unbiased outside source. Yes, yes. And that's the fucking market. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely wild, dude. Speaking of quarterbacks, I believe they go either tomorrow or Sunday at the Combine. Um, so we're looking at guys like Will Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Um, those are the top names that, that come to mind. Um, who do you think of, of this year's quarterback class? Of of course, the, the team which they sign will, will carry a lot of weight. But who do, who do you think will have the most su- success? You know, I saw a picture rookie season? on the internet where people were saying that Caleb uh, Stroud was short. So, which I just thought was pretty funny, but yeah, and you know, I don't really know. I it's always hard to say as to who's going to be the most impactful player. Mm-hmm. I always think that it's the people up front that you can usually just plug and chug in, which right. we've seen because the, it's a, it's a little bit less of a complex position where so much is put in your shoulders right away. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say. I, I think the quarterbacks that come from systems that line up with where they're going to be going. You know, they're always going to have the most success. Or if the quarterback, sorry, if the coach and the general manager are on the same page, where they're going to build around that quarterback skill sets. Right. Which we see with rookies that are successful, that's exactly what they do. Either the offensive coordinator will design the playbook for them rather than try to fit them into their own scheme, or they'll go all in on a certain concept and then make it work. You know, be like basically like this is what we're gonna do. The other teams know what we're gonna do, but we're just gonna do it so damn well that no one can stop us. So it's tough. It's hard to say. I think that that guy from Ohio State though, just watching the playoff, um, he looks fucking good. He does, dude. He's CJ Stroud. He's got, he's got legs. Yep. Um, as well as like a cannon of an arm. So yeah, no doubt, dude. No doubt. And then um, today was uh, the the de- the defensive backs turn. Uh, to show their stuff at the combine, DJ Turner from Michigan ran a four two six. The the first guy to run a four two in this class. Four two two still a record, right? Uh, held by John Ross, right? Or four two one actually. I think might might be the record. Let's see, forty yard dash. <coughs> Kalen Barnes last year uh, ran a four two three. That that is the record, and then yeah, also yeah, yeah. Chris Johnson Chris in two thousand eight yeah. ran a four two three as well. So lightning speed. DJ was point oh three off of of the record. Um, dude, he his ten yard split was one four seven. Dear God, dude, that is fast. 
that's, that's really really that's fast incredible yeah yeah one four seven mm-hmm. my 10 year split is lucky to break one seven <laughs> yeah yeah mine is lucky to break oh fuck yeah one eight one eight yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's fair i can that's see fair. you around one eight one break two seconds yeah okay so here's here's a question for you speaking of the combine um as a scout are you more interested in the vertical jump or the 40-yard dash as it relates to a player's success rate? You know, I think the one that correlates the most is the vertical jump. I, For reasons unknown, none of the drills really showcase what they can do as a football player on the field. They just showcase their athleticism, which is important, but there's not always a causation between the two. There's always going to be a correlation, right? You can right. find an R value for anything, but that doesn't mean it's going to be the sole cause. You know, so it's it's one of those like false positive type of things where, yeah, you're getting a good result, but that doesn't yield what you think the outcome is going to be for something else. So A equals B, but B doesn't always equal success. So overall, though, I think the most important drills at the combine are just going to be their, their skill work. You know, let's see how they handle coaching let's, let's see how they can handle adversity um but it, it's pretty funny too because like I, i've i've got a different perspective of how these are pro days are run just from coaching people through them um and then t- them telling me about their experiences so they almost force a we'll say schedule upon you that does not promote high performance so They'll fly you in. They'll get you up at like six o'clock for a physical or a, or or something along the lines, right? Meet the coaches, take a test or whatever, and then they go get breakfast. And then from breakfast, you know, you're going to go to either meetings with coaches, interviews, etc., media staff, and then from there, you got to go out and perform, you know. And this is going to take the course over the over a couple of days. You know, so they're not really promoting performance at any of these things. It's, it's more as like a showcase for how does the player handle these events? Because I think the, the coaches look at everything, you know, that you're under quite literally a microscope and how much information you're going to find out from just the drills themselves. I bet you can find out a hell of a lot more on tape. Uh, Tom Brady being the example, he had a shitty fucking pro day and look what he turned into. You know, then again, no one really thought he was going to be as good to begin with. Outlier for sure. Yes. For However... Sure. Your tape at a, at a pro day, it can really only hurt you. I, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, not many people are gonna be like, oh wow, like DB so and so just benched eighteen reps at two twenty five. Like he's got what it takes to make it. It's like, eh, you know, it's impressive, but it's not gonna make you a good football player. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna go position by position, I think if you're looking at running backs, I think having a fucking fast 40 is important because it's all about acceleration and your ability to get to top velocity quickly. Right. Uh, if you're a defensive back, you know, you need to have legs to get across the field, but you're rarely ever just running vertically, you know, without any kind of hip turn. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really showcase how good you are at that either. So RBs, probably the only ones that really benefit from like a super, super fast 40 time at a combine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's personal opinion. Sure, sure. So the five most important features here uh, correlated, I'm, I'm sorry, um, designed by a, a combine team here of, of data junkies. Um, they're saying the accuracy rates by position for the combine highest for a, a tight end, meaning that if a scout is to um, adjudicate a, a tight end and his 
success rate purely from the combine, he would have about an, an 80% chance of guessing right or, or wrong. 80? Yes, yes. Now the lowest accuracy... Um, quarterback. Defensive tackle. Really? Yes. <laughs> that that comes in at 56.6%. Does it say what, mat- matrix, what metrics they're looking at? Correct, yes, yes. So, Which ones uh, are looking at? With, with each position, there are five most important features. Uh, for a D-tackle, it's weight, vertical jump power, height adjusted speed score, weight adjusted bench, and BMI. Um, BMI? For, yes, BMI. What the fuck? Every single NFL player is going to rank as overweight or obese on the BMI scale. Yeah, most of them. Because of, of the muscle mass. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. Now, for tight ends, 10-yard, t- 20-yard, 40-yard, catch radius, and weight are, are, the, are the five most important features there. And those uh, are dash times? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Understandable. Those. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. I see some correlation. Catch radius for sure. Yes. All right, carry on, carry on. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback, top five would be wingspan, 10-yard, BMI, vertical jump power, and broad jump power. BMI makes no fucking sense. It doesn't, dude. It doesn't. Broad jump power, okay, I guess that, that speaks to your arm strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. different plane of motion, but you're still using your hips and glutes to, to fucking fire yourself forward. Right. It, it is a measure of explosive power. It is. But how that correlates... And what was the other two? Uh, the other two for quarterbacks. Yeah, not um, BMI. Not BMI. Uh, wingspan. Okay. Um, and, and then, of course, the vertical jump and broad vertical jump. Vertical jump. Power. Okay. So it's vertical and, and broad jump, you said? Correct. Both. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, going back to the tests themselves, the vertical jump does, has, does have the highest causation rate. For success in the NFL. So by success in the NFL, are you saying that make it to the NFL? Yes. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yep. 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 So they're basically taking stats on coaches' preferences. Right. Not necessarily success within the NFL, but likeliness to make it. Yes. To the NFL. Now, what's interesting here is the shuttle has the lowest prob- probability of of getting drafted. When when you would think just watching players move around the field during game time they are there's so much lateral movement how can you not take the shuttle drill into account that i don't buy that i don't know because i mean the the three cone drill is also very the five ten five not not really i don't think it applies really to the game no no because you literally count your steps out there's a certain okay. technique that, that players do true it's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cross over step with my left, right, and then it's like one, two, touch the line, then like one, two, three, touch the line, and then uh-huh. you sprint back as fast as you can. Like you're basically trained to the test, you know. Sure. The L okay. drill, a little more applicability because you do have to go around the cone, make right. a figure eight, and then and they go break, back inside, outside. Down. Yep, yep. So that was a little more applicable, just because you could argue that oh well, represents a route or you know following a, a wide receiver if you're a defensive back. Sure. You know or. Chasing the quarterback around, you know, because you got to, like, lean in, try to get the edge on a, on a tackle or something like that. So, you know, it's a little more applicable. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't think the five ten five really applies whatsoever just because of the, of the way they train for it. Fair enough. Like, it's, like okay. seriously, you rehearse yeah. your steps. Right. That's how it's taught. Right. And it just maximizes the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bench press doesn't really mean shit. Right. I mean, it's cool. Like, all right, man, like you're strong. You train a lot and you work hard for it. That's basically what bench press tells me mm-hmm. if I'm a scout or a coach. Sure. 
Is it going to showcase you're good at football? No. Does it mean you're good at working out? Yeah. Awesome. Like, that's about it. <laughs> I just saw a second goal. Dawson Mercer's on fire. He said goal in eight straight games. Go Devs, dude. Eight straight games. Eight straight games? Yeah. Goal for Dawson Mercer, yeah. Damn, dude. He's on fire. Wow. I'm so happy they didn't trade him. <laughs> he was on, like, he was on the... Some trade bait, because he's a great fucking player. He was on the ball. Watch his goal, though. Watch his goal. He fucking shelves it. Oof! From an extreme angle, dude. Way yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's my the only God. place he really can. Yeah, yeah. Far post. Ping, ping! Look at him just, just raising that, that left leg. All the torque on the right. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, uh-huh. dude. That was lethal. That was lethal. Unstoppable. How do you stop that? You can't. Yeah. You can't. Dear sweet God, dude. Seriously. Um, so going back to the draft here, yes, a yes. big storyline, Jalen Carter, um, he did return to the, the Combine site um, after being arrested uh, in correlation with um, that January car accident involving two Georgia players, one who died, um, but uh, they were one charged staffer. with... One player, one staffer. Correct. Correct. I'm sorry. Um, who were charged... I'm sorry, Jalen was charged with allegedly driving. Allegedly. Uh, yes, allegedly. Have to point that out. Yes, true, true. Sad uh, story. Uh, is, crazy dude. story, too. You know, it's just not one you want to see for, for anybody, regardless of their draft status or not. You know, from, from the human standpoint, I'm hoping that it's not true that they were racing and that was a cause in the death of a, of a, of a fellow teammate and uh, an injuring of the staffer. You know, but if that was the case, then may the law take it this course. That's right. all I can say about it. Right. You know, it's going to affect his draft status, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just some, it's not like a Larry Tunsil situation <laughs> where, you know, he was just caught smoking weed. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. this is. Somebody really had to have hated his guts yeah. to post yeah. that on, on I mean, this is basically similar to the Henry Ruggs situation. Right. I mean,. Granted, he wasn't the one driving the vehicle that ultimately caused the death, but if you partaked in racing, again, I'm not a lawyer. Don't take legal advice from me whatsoever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just speculating here. Mm-hmm. It's just a really sad, really tragic story. It is, dude. It is. Yeah, and how many tens of millions of dollars he's, he's going to cost himself? It's a lot. A lot wow. of money. Possibly yes. a career. Yes. Possibly a career. I mean, that's sad, dude. Let me take that back. I don't think it's going to cost him a career. I I don't know the the potential jail sentences or anything, but you know he's still a kid, and I gotta take that into consideration. You know, uh, I want to say he's 22 years old, um, which for me, people will say like, you know, no, that's an adult. At some point, they gotta take accountability for their actions, right? And that's totally correct. They do have to take accountability for their actions, but they're still learning and they're still growing as as humans. So I'm not gonna cut him out of football completely you know let like i said let justice take its course and if he has to serve time and he serves it then when he comes back you know i think he's entitled to another opportunity to go out and play in the league just like michael vick yeah so jalen could be subject to uh 12 months in prison and um slapping another one thousand dollar fine on on top of that he already posted bond i'm sorry posted bail for four thousand okay um but uh, so in, in the latest mock draft from CBS Sports, yeah, the chief analyst has him dropping from one to seventeen. Okay, so still a first round draft pick. Sure, yeah, 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 yes, yes. But how many dollars? And then also uh, a surprise here: um, 
Now, this is a, a mock trade from the Chicago Bears to, to the Colts. Um, but in round one, pick number one, this analyst has Anthony Richardson being picked first overall, the quarterback out of Florida. Anthony Richardson, yes, huh? That's interesting. That that name did not come to my mind. No, not at all. <laughs> when I was thinking of top quarterbacks to, to enter this, this league, his positional rank is fourth overall. Um, but, I mean, this... Analyst is predicting that Anthony is going to, quote-unquote, emphatically remove the lid from Lucas Oil Stadium at the NFL Combine. (laughs) So we'll see if that happens. I mean, I I have seen Anthony play, and he is a tremendous athlete. He can run with the intention of Lamar Jackson. Definitely definitely, uh, has, has the potential to be on that same level. Um, I'm not sure if that's worthy of being picked first overall, but um, we'll see. This 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 is a very interesting draft now that um, Jalen Carter will be moving down. Uh, will Anderson, definitely the, the top overall uh, player in the draft now, um, uh, that edge rusher from Alabama. So um, this, this, this mock draft is, is interesting. Anthony Richardson at number one, Bryce Young number two, Will Levis at, at number three. All three quarterbacks. We'll, we'll see if that actually pans out. Um, so just talking real quick about Bryce. He's six foot, 194. That's, that's definitely Shit. comparable to Russ um, when, when he first came into the league. Thick, though. Yeah. I can definitely take a hit. Yes, very true. If you're going to be mobile, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. You know, Russell was not a bad person to compare yourself to. Yeah. Super Bowl champion. Yes, right. A lot of potential to be, too. Uh Yeah, we we didn't skip over Sean Payton. Huge pickup for the Broncos. Yes. Massive Massive pickup. Massive. They're basically going all in and saying, you know what, Russ, we believe in you. You know, we think you're capable. We think you're the quarterback for us still, which Uh is great for him. I think he needs that kind of support in order to be successful. I think last year was really just a freaking fluke. Like, he just didn't meshed well with the offensive system whatsoever. And the Broncos just couldn't figure it out and put it together. Right. The defense is still going to be really freaking good. You know, like there's there's no doubt that defensively they're still going to be a top unit. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, if the offense can get it done and score even six points better, a touchdown better than last year, then they're going to make the playoffs, especially mm-hmm. the new format. Right. right. But they're really tough division too, you know, with Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos. I think the Raiders are going to be a – Still at the bottom of the division, though, this year. Especially losing Derek Carr and having no defense whatsoever. No, dude. None. No. It it could be tough. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to be the lost Vegas Raiders this year, I think. It's going to be tough. Lost in the abyss. They're going to be lost in the abyss, all right. Oh, goodness. Lost in the sauce for them. Lost in the sauce. So, big weekend coming up here. UFC 285, Cyril Gaon and John Jones. Yeah. Big fight. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, I wish Matt was here for his commentary yes. on this because he always has really insightful stuff. So Yeah, yeah, he does. We're thinking about you, Matt. Yes. We're thinking about you. Much love. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of history here. So John Jones going up from light heavyweight to heavyweight to go meet Ciro Gon. Ciro Gon's 11-1 in the UFC. John Jones 23-1. and uh, Arguably undefeated now because the one loss did come from a disqualification after he failed a drug test. But... With the recent changes within the rules from the from USADA, the levels found within his test are actually considered within the normal level now. Oh, so they have to. They, they should. They don't have to. They should go back and give him that 
that title back, give him that win back. Right. So undefeated in the UFC, in, in my opinion, with an asterisk next to it, okay. just because of the uh, blemish for the DQ mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, John Jones fighting it for the first time in three years. Uh, he said he gained 28 pounds to get up to the current weight. He's fighting at 228. Cyril Gagne was at like 227 and a half. Um, you know, it, it's going to be pretty interesting going into this fight just because of the fact that John Jones hasn't fought in three years, but he's still one of the best fighters the UFC has ever seen, you know, and and if John Jones can get you on the ground and work his ground and pound game, you know, he's already one of the best ground and pound guys the UFC has ever seen. So I don't know. It, it can go one of two ways. It, uh, either John Jones is going to be not in great shape because he's going walking around 28 pounds heavier, he's 30 pounds heavier. Or he's just going to be John Jones of old and be able to dominate fight from the get-go, man. It, it should be pretty interesting. So what's the weight difference between these, these oh, two? I think it's, at the weigh-in, it's half a pound. Oh, half a pound. I think it was 227 wow. and uh, 228.5. John Jones had to add 43 pounds for this fight. 43 pounds? Damn. Let's look it up real quick. That's absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I spent more than two two years packing on pounds. Yeah, he just kind of got fat. He's at two forty eight. Two forty eight. Yeah, yeah. two forty seven point five. Right. And was, then what the other way is gone is uh, yeah two forty seven point five. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was only a half pound difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyril Gone. What a great name. I mean, that just strikes fear. <laughs> That's a wonderful name. He's he's uh, French. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So there's also um, one more fight that's going to be really good. Is it's actually the uh, the women's um, it's the co-main event between uh, Valentina Shvanko and uh, Alexa Grasso. Oh, cool. So, so Shvanko, just for a little bit of background, mm-hmm. I mean, she's like one of the best female fighters of all time within the flyweight division. Okay. Her only losses came against, you know, the uncontested goat of the women's division in Amanda Nunez. Um, so if she wins this fight, going to maintain her title. Um it's going to be really entertaining. I mean, I love watching the women's fights. They usually just get bloody as hell because, like, they really don't have that kind of knockout power. So they just, like, beat the shit out of each other. Right. It's actually a lot of fun to watch. Right. The women's fights are a lot of fun to watch. Are you going to buy the fight? I don't know if I'm going to... Well, yeah, I'm going to buy the fight. I'm definitely going to buy the fight. Yes. Yes. Of course. I got of you. Course. I got you. Right on, dude. I plead the fifth. <laughs> 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 I baited you into that question, no doubt. No I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That was funny. All right, so let's flip it down. There's more football on. I just want to talk about XFL, USFL. Um, main question for you, Sam, is if you think these leagues are going to be successful. I don't have any time to think about it at all, but that's good. I want to hear the answer off the top of your head. Okay, my, my, my true raw answer here is do these leagues have the financial backing to survive at least – Two, two more years. That's that's really the question because if, if they can answer that in the short term, that could obviously set them up for long-term success there. Uh, now, is The Rock involved with one of these two two leagues? Or yes, his, the XFL. Ex, ex-wife? It's like him and his ex-wife. Okay, yeah. okay. <clears throat> so, I mean, if if that man is, is backing the XFL, he has more money than, than God, so... <laughs> he's pretty rich. <laughs> yes, yes, he's he a is. a whole brand, too. And uh, he's, he's a very savvy businessman too um i think there's loads of potential there um now in terms of these two leagues i really haven't watched um any games 
to to speak of right now. I I do know um, there was a highlight I was I was watching on YouTube. They've significantly changed the kickoff rules in either the XFL or the USFL. I, f- I forget which which league, but um, <clears throat> XFL. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, the teams start five yards apart. I think right. one team's lined up at the twenty-five. Other ones lined up at thirty. Uh huh. And no team can move until the receiver catches the ball. Correct. And then it's just like a. It's almost like a rugby start. Yeah. Where there's ten guys in front, eleven guys coming down, and they they play football. Yeah. I think it's pretty exciting. I do too. That that they can definitely take something from that. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea. Yes. Because it's definitely safer. Um, they said that the ball basically ended up in the same place anyway. It averaged like the 24 or something yard line or whatever. Sure, okay. So that's the same as touchback. It is. And it's safer play, but it also still gives the opportunity for big plays and big returns. Mm-hmm. I think you can see some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four point, four point, the fourth, fourth, <laughs> the onside kick switching to fourth and 15 is what I was getting getting to. Oh. Um, I think that's, that's an interesting rule. Um, there's also a three-point, a two-point, and a one-point extra-point conversion. Yeah, so you can technically be down by nine, right? Score a touchdown, go for three, and then try to get the ball back again to win the game just by converting a fourth and 15 uh, <clears throat> to get the ball back. Yeah. Huh. It, it, interesting rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting rules. No doubt, no doubt. So how, how many games have been played so far in the XFL? Uh, two. They're all two. week three. Okay. They're on week three. Yeah. So I was looking at the average attendance, and uh, the, the St. Louis Battlehawks are actually one of the more popular teams. Uh, they haven't had a home game yet, but hey, 24,000 fans in the Alamo Dome for St. Louis versus uh, San Antonio. And then. Not bad. You know, the lowest one was the game out in Vegas, 6,000 fans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, the St. Louis Battlehawks, though, like, they actually sell games. Um, I'm trying to find a, a picture for you, but. Before it shut down, they had one of the they had a really fun fan base there. Huh. They also love their beer. Nice, yeah. nice. Always a good sign of a loyal fan base there. Uh, love it. Let me see. Crowd size. I feel like I'm looking up a Trump rally. My crowd size was bigger. <laughs> I had the biggest crowds, bigger than anybody. <laughs> what a great Obama. impersonation. Yeah, no crowds. All my people wanted me. Yeah, they basically filled out the entire they really did. lower bowl. St. Yeah, Louis wants football. Them. Yeah. They, they want their team back. back. Yeah. So dude. they're pretty excited about it. Uh-huh. I love it. But yeah. I love it. I mean, I go to an XFL game. Their tickets are probably pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. I take the train up. Well, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. Just like we, t- we took the train to the Hawks game, dude. Yeah, that's just too easy. Yes. Uh, who's the mascot for the... The um, Sea Dragons. Sea Dragons. The Seattle right. Sea Dragons. Little alliteration, yeah. That that is fun. Seattle Sea Dragons. <laughs> Let's see. Sea tickets. Uh, their next game, March 11th, versus the San Antonio Brahmas. I'm not sure how to the what the Brahmas. B A R. I'm sorry. B R A H M A S. Interesting. Yeah, tickets are cheap as 24 bucks. That's kind of expensive. Yeah, that is. I was thinking like it is 12, 10 bucks. <laughs> I I, I kind of was too. Seventy two bucks to be in the front row. Uh, I'm not paying for that shit. No, dude. Seventy bucks. It. Not worth it at what all. They think dude. we are like we're not fans. <laughs> we just want entertainment. <laughs> That's wild. That's or wild. they have like a discount night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. Hmm. Yes, I I would not buy a ticket for twenty four bucks. Yeah. Uh, so go, going back to the question though. Yes. Answering myself, I think, I think the league's gonna be successful. Mm-hmm. USFL is probably gonna have to partner with somebody though, as in like the NFL. Yeah. Or if one if one of them can partner with the NFL and be a true theater league, developmental league, we can call it, then I think there's real support for it. And you can develop more fan bases too, because then you're gonna have affiliations, you know, with certain cities. True. Or unless you could have it, or you're gonna still do it draft or you know, free agency, however you want to treat that. But yeah, man, <clears throat> America just loves football, man. People are gonna go out and go go see it. They certainly do. One one point I want to bring up here uh, with the farm system is obviously that that works so well in baseball because the average career lifespan is 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 much longer. In the NFL, the average career lasts uh, anywhere from two to four years. Do you yeah. think a farm system is really necessary if if there's a player let's say who plays in the in the usfl who's 27 yeah and um he's he's a, a good enough athlete to play in the nfl do, do you think teams would be interested to sign him knowing that let's say if he's a defensive back no, knowing that he might have two years of of peak potential performance before kind of yeah i mean away? hell if you can get two years out of somebody i think that's a pretty damn good deal right yeah. You said that yourself. The average lifespan's three, eight, three under three years uh-huh. for any NFL player. So, fuck it. If, if you get two years of somebody that's an All Pro caliber, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. That's like no, Navarro Bowman. You oh know. yeah. <clears throat> R.I.P. to his knee. Um, <laughs> took an arrow to the knee. Big one. But yeah, he was lights out for probably. I don't think anything more than three years. Right. He had like two really big years yes. with uh, um, who, who was his mate. Uh, the 49ers. Yeah. Well, well, no, who was his teammate that he was with? It was Navarro oh, Bowman, and then there was one other was linebacker. Was it Patrick Willis? Or was it, yeah, Willis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah, I think Bowman had, like I said, two dominant years. That's right. right. And it took the Niners to the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so didn't win, but mm-hmm. still took him there. I think that, I think that's a win if you're any franchise. No doubt, dude. You know? No doubt. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think franchises will take the opportunity. Now, they'd be foolish not to take the younger talent if they can afford it or get there. Yes. But if you're looking for a guy to fill someone in, practice squad people, veterans, professionals, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's got a good chance. Now, quick question here, too. Um, what are the qualifications to get into the XFL and the USFL? Well, you have there was still a draft. Yeah. There was still a draft. Okay. You have to be selected by team. Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, they have legitimate staffs, too. Like, the coaching right. staffs are all proven coaches or at least legacy coaches we'll say mm-hmm. you know so that the people going to coach these teams are people that so look longest goal streaks eight there you go. um anyway so yeah uh teams are going to be having good coaches there yeah so yeah yeah man it's it's exciting it's exciting more yeah. football mm-hmm. we want more yes yes always good always okay. good to have more so I just want to transition to just a little bit of golf talk. Tiger is back, played, made the cut. He, played, he looked good. There were some shots where he looked miraculous. Not miraculous. <coughs> Excuse me. Where he looked like old Tiger a little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to play again. Probably not until the, maybe he play one more tournament before the Masters. It says he will not play uh, in the 2023 Players 
championship with the Masters being the, the likely okay. next Okay, so that answers my question right there. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to play in, you know, in the players and then go play in the Masters. And he's just not playing enough competition golf, I think, to be able to go out and win another one. Like when, when Phil won his at age 53 or whatever, um, you know, he was playing a lot of tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, and then he just got hot in uh, the fucking U.S. Open or British Open. Sorry, British Open. And yeah, was able to win that that major at such an old age. So, if Tiger can just he said it himself, he can hit any golf shot he, he needs to. He just he has to be able to hold up to walk, fucking seventy-two holes. Yes, which probably equates what to four or five miles. Oh, more than that. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the minimum course I would say distance is probably gonna be like seventy-two hundred yards. Oh, so let's say they walk that straight. That's like four miles right there by itself right and you're zigzagging back and forth so it's probably an average is i'd say closer to six yeah five and a half to six miles mm-hmm. on average mm-hmm. is what they're walking right 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 so yeah over the course of four days and then swinging the club a lot i mean his swing has changed so it's not nearly as violent right he's not nearly getting as much like torque going along his back right but he can still crush the ball man he generates a lot of force yeah i mean he, he still has 300 yard plus in the tank for his drive so mm-hmm. You can never count him out. You know, if he's if he's in contention on Saturday, good luck to the rest of the field because Tiger could be back. Yes, but he's just gotta fucking make it to Saturday. That's the thing. Like, he just shoots himself in the foot. Like, like he'll make amazing putts, play an amazing hole, and then he'll get back to back bogeys. I'm like, damn, dude. So yeah, he's gotta shoot a couple rounds and be able to get to four or five under on a day. Right, right. Maybe he so can do that. Yes, he really said. This year, moving forward, he he wants to play no more than about five to eight times per year. Yeah, and, and that's not that much. No, no, it's not. It's not that much, it's especially not. when the the courses you're playing are really fucking hard. Yes, I mean they're all ones he's played a lot. Like mm-hmm. Augusta, you, you don't think he definitely he knows the course really well. Now it's just a matter of executing and right. then doing it over the course of four days, right. which is the hardest part. Very true. It's truly the hardest part. Very true. Uh, but shout out to John Rahm. Number one player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I think he really is the number one player in the world. Even though the official world golf rankings don't count the live players yet, just because politics, right. um, John Rahm's still playing the best. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to see the live golfers back at the players and at the Masters. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I always want to see a little beat between the two. I, yes. I think it's such a big money opportunity too that the no PGA doubt. is missing out on golf is missing out on to do a PGA versus live mm-hmm. and set it up just like the Ryder Cup you know go make it go on for four days set up the match play set up the team play set up the stroke play I think that'd be a lot of fun mm-hmm. that'd be a lot of fun mm-hmm. no doubt dude no doubt uh, speaking of golf have you watched the Netflix series um, yeah I'm like four episodes into it kind of taking my time on it slow cooking it Slow cooking. It's pretty entertaining thus far. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Makes me like Brooks. Brooks kind of goes like, seems like a nice oh, guy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, okay, okay. I watched the first episode. That was um, Jordan Spieth yep. and... Justin uh, Thomas. Justin Thomas, correct. Yeah. Yes. And yes. R- R- with Rory sprinkled in there. Right, yeah. right. So fun fact here. Um, one of my good friends uh, who is a high school classmate of mine, um, he actually played college golf with, with John Rahm. No way. Um, so he, Crazy. my friend played at, at the UW, and then John Rahm was at Arizona State. 
And so going into um, my, my friend Tyler, going into his first ever collegiate golf match, he had heard all these things about John Rahm going in, in, into that match. I, I want to say John that year was like a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler said, the first hole, you just see John, John Rahm swing and, and you think, wow, this man has a bright future. I mean, he said his, his, the first drive he ever saw him hit was like 320. Damn! It's like Jesus, this this man is. <laughs> I wonder if he was fat still. Yeah, in college. Um, Tyler said he was about the same size. Okay, yes, yeah, so he hasn't yeah. changed at all. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. This, this man can just stripe it. Packs a punch, dude. Yeah. Yes. Big money, big money. Beast, dude. Big money, John Rum. Yes. Big yes. Money, That'll be fun. Mon- all right, man. Let's let's monologue it up. Monologue. Have you thought of one? Oh yeah. yes. Okay. Oh, ooh, he's ready. Oh he's yes, ready. my friend. I actually have a quick video to show you as well okay all right for this one um but so being a, a, a massive bike racing fan uh one of the spring classics will be on tomorrow the strati bianchi um it's a massive race that takes place in the tuscany hills of italia uh what's special about this race um it's about 130 to 150 miles a, a one-day race here um and i want to say close to 20 to 30 miles of that is on dirt roads or cobblestones so definitely um unfamiliar terrain to most riders um so it just makes the race much more exciting so what happened last year uh two-time world champion julian alaphilippe from france he probably had one of the most significant crashes that you will ever see in this sport on a, a a a heavy dirt road here so i mean this this happened within the first um uh, I'm not sure about the mileage. It definitely happened within the first hour of of the race. Just carnage at its finest. So this is what happened last year here. He got caught up in a giant crash. So somebody just took oh. him out right in front. Um, God, dude. Everyone, Everyone gets split fucked. the entire peloton. A lot of people are like, are you okay? Well, fuck you. I'm getting my bike. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I hope you will do big guys. I got a race to play. <laughs> to fucking go win, all right, man? Like, you good? All right, good, 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 good. Get my bike. Yes, yes. Bike. And that, that, that crash happened with 90 miles to go. Um, Tade Pogaccia, who won the Strade Bianchi last so, year. Question about bike racing. Yeah. If your bike breaks, malfunctions, whatever, are you allowed to like replace it mid-race or you correct stuck with your equipment? Yes. You can replace yes. it? Correct. Yeah, okay. so each each uh, pro team um, has... I don't know that people that follow the race, mm-hmm. like parts and shit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they all have the mechanics and the, the soigneurs, um in each race race uh, car there. So each each rider is entitled to three bikes. So they will okay. have their their primary bike out for the race so, and then they'll they'll have two bikes on on, on on one of their team cars. How do you bike on cobblestone? <laughs> uh fatter so, tires, right? You must have yes, fatter tires. Okay, fatter yeah. tires. So we're talking no way they have like the well I guess they call them slicks in like NASCAR. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically uh-huh. the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So in 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 terms of, of the width there, uh the the premier tire for, for gravel for, for cobblestone probably in that thirty two millimeter range. Um so very fat. Compared to about twenty one mil, is that like a mountain bike tire? Um, no, no. Okay, those those tires are probably four four inches wide. Yeah, no, not like the fat ones. Oh, just like a, like your standard bike you'd get at like Dicks. Okay, okay. So like uh, that standard, actually, that would probably be close to two and a half inches. Yeah, two and a half inches. Mm-hmm. Still? Yeah, like an inch and a half. Yeah. yeah, very very thick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to ride that kind of bike up 
gravel trails. Yeah. I used to ride it up the Boulder Creek path. Nice. And then you okay. would gain like maybe a thousand feet of elevation over the course of like like four miles. Right. And uh, yeah, I would ride it up from my house and then just fly down. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best. It, it would take me like 40 minutes to get up it or so. Uh-huh. And then just cruise About down. About 10 minutes to get down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. Descending is, is my favorite aspect of, of road riding. It's and there's so just something fun. about just like being on the trail too and descending that just made it so much more fun because yeah. you have you have like the creek right next to you mm-hmm. and then you have like the mountains around you too. You're just like... Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So much fun, dude. And it has a good time. So much fun. Um, so the Strada Bianchi, what's what's cool about this race, it kind of kicks off the pre-tour hype. Yeah. So it's the first race of the spring classics here. Um, and it it is really the first race in the calendar year leading up to the tour that really, really matters. So the, the, the riders here can um, have a lot to play for um, as the, the calendar gets, gets going. So, so this will be fun. Uh, the race is 114 miles. Okay. That, that is it. Um, absolutely wild, dude. A very hard, hard race. Um, my, my pick for that, uh, Matthew Vanderpool and Wout Van Aert will not be, be racing in that. Those are two of the strongest riders in, in this year's field. Um, really, for the past uh, two to three years, absolute beasts. Um, both uh, cross champions as well. Um, so my my pick for this, I'm gonna go Tade Pogaccia, back to back winners of the Strade Bianchi. Um, I think, especially with losing the the Tour de France in such dramatic fashion last year to uh, Jonas Vingigo, I think Tade has a shot here. He has a, a strong team that um, you know is 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 really built around him, um, and he, and he has the the breakaway power of a god. So. Um, It'll be a fun race. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be watching it before I I get out on the road myself. So a good okay. start, a good start to, to the weekend. It's motivation, no doubt. Yes, for motivation. Sure. Like all oh, these sure. guys, they're crushing it. Yes, I can do that. I'm the king. <laughs> I'm the man. I'm saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Vanderpool is going to race t- t- uh, tomorrow. It's it's about Van Art who is not. All right. So uh, classic Matthew, names right there. Yes, Matthew Vanderpool has the the. Pr- pr- Projected odds here of plus 150. Is this like the Masters tournament of bike racing? It's kind of like a classic. Ooh, yes. Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all, yeah. all basically, I would, all the stars show up. I would compare Perry Roubaix to the Masters. And okay. Perry Roubaix is in um, either April or May. Yeah. But that is in an absolute classic. Because the Tour de France is kind of like the FedEx Cup. Exactly, know? dude. Yeah. Yes. And yes. then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. smaller. Mm-hmm. I guess, yes. do they have majors? Do they call them majors in bike um, racing? So uh, just just grand tours, grand tours. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. so like you have Prix. France, Spain, and Italy. Those are, okay. are are the big three. I got you. Yep. I got yep. you. No American tour, huh? No American tour. Uh, the the tour it's crazy because like California was so, so much roads out here that, that it would be very amazing. true, dude. Like just go to Montana true. somewhere. Like yes. no one lives out there anyway. You know. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. South Dakota. You're telling me you can't find some mountains out in the Dakotas? Like that make a crazy trail. So we um, America has beautiful roads, but it comes down to funding, and that's uh, that's really yes. um, you know in in a very niche sport. It, it, it doesn't get financially backed all that yeah. well. I mean, the winner of the tour gets a million dollars. That's it? That's it. Over three weeks of the hardest well, racing. Grueling, excruciating. Yes. Yeah, it's 
torturing her body. Yes, yes, exactly. A million I mean, bucks. Tade Pogacha, who's 23, 24, um, he's already won the tour twice. Yeah. He has a net worth of only $6 million. Yeah. I mean, That's it's, insane. It's a lot of money, but... Yeah, 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 still, for sure, for sure. Still, to be at the top of the sport and only... Right. You know, only has $6 million. <laughs> It's kind of shitty. It's like yes. it's like a top curler. It's like, uh, well, what do you make? I'm like, 130k. Right, right. For curling in America, not bad. I yeah. I will take that, dude. I, I got I, I got a part time job. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now can't Tom quite make can't quite make it on a curling salary. Yes. You know. Right. Right. Fuck. Very true. Uh, Tom Pickock currently ranked second here with plus 500 odds. Uh, he is the cross champion of this year absolute beast dude um so it'll be a fun race tomorrow hard you i'm looking forward to it as well yeah i'm gonna go with the classic monologue here man it's got me a devil's update i'm actually watching the game right now you know um it's exciting times to be a devil's fan basically locked into a playoff spot at this point barring a complete collapse knock on wood um Right now they're sitting second in the Metropolitan Division, third in the East overall, uh, behind the Bruins and then the Hurricanes. Uh, basically on a crash course right now to see the Rangers in round one of the, of the NHL playoffs, which I am totally fine with. I love the old Hudson River rivalry between the two of them, if that is going to be the first round matchup. They just signed key pickup. Sorry, they just traded for, I should say acquired, for Timo Meyer. Um, got rid of... Um, a first-round draft pick, a fifth-round draft pick, a couple players. The highlight player for me that got traded away was Henrik Zutterland. Or, sorry, Fabian Zutterland. He was a really good player, great on offense. I thought he was really underrated, but they really weren't utilizing him that much as they sent him up and down between um, Newark and Utica, ultimately. So I'm really happy with the pickup. Basically, Devils are going all in for this this season. They think they have what it takes to make a deep playoff run, and acquiring Timo Meyer only solidifies that idea more. You know, they're going to be pretty much set for the next few years uh, with a really really young core. That it really reminds me of the Colorado Avalanche. You know, where they drafted well, they're developing their players, they're getting a bunch of key veterans late in the season to go out and make that 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 run final push. Now, it's going to be really hard to beat Boston right now. They are in a historic pace right now, um, basically locking up the President's Trophy. And they're a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they just steamrolled everyone in the playoffs. And then, you know, they might cool down a little bit, but damn, they are a well-oiled machine right now, uh, anchored by Marchand. Uh, it's, it's it's an incredible run for them. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they just make it straight through the Stanley Cup and then walk out. With the Stanley Cup, with the Lord Stanley's Cup, um, in early June, so yeah, really excited about the Devils, man. Hockey's only about a quarter of the season left, and playoffs are going to start first week in May. Let's go, dude! Exciting time. Very exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. I love it. Hardu, it's been fun to to reunite for our podcasting powers. Yeah, it and has to continue Show. this fine tradition. So I. I look forward to to more of these. Yeah, we got to do it again real soon. Yes, of course. Keep keep listening, guys. To no theme required, you know we're gonna do these. Uh, you know, if we can get a weekly, great. But every nine, ten days or so, just stay tuned in. Yes, we love you all. Yes, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy it.